What's up, you guys, and welcome to the Anointed Sinners Podcast. Um, this is my first episode, and for all you guys who don't know what the Anointed Sinners Podcast is, it's about a sinner, me, myself, first, um, that has been anointed by the Holy One. God has called me to be able to create this podcast, to create a community of people like sinners like myself to be able to discuss the Word of God. Um, I spent a lot of time during this Rona season um, reading books um, focused around Christ and listening to sermons and reading the good word of God. And I just feel like I need to be able to get these messages out. I want to be able to um, express my experience through my walk with Christ with you guys. I feel like we are in a generation where we are readily accessible so many different things. And I want to just be able to be real with you guys and talk about scripture and God and my walk and my struggles and what it's been like for you guys. Um, so let's talk about God. Um, Rona season has been like really weird. Uh, I get to work from home. God is good, faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and so as my husband, we've both been able to work from home through this Rona season. We've been blessed enough to keep our jobs. Um, and, uh, being able to go into 2020 um, with this new job that I have and him actually starting this job during the runner season has been crazy because this is definitely not where we imagined to be at all. I am a mechanical engineer and I am in banking. I work for Wells Fargo, which is wild because in engineering school, they don't teach you that that's even a possibility. And it's one that I just felt that I wanted to experience and I pursued it. It took a lot of no's to get to the yes, but it was totally worth it. And um, now I'm here and I've been enjoying it since November. And then Corona happened. And when Rona happened, I was at work on March 13th and I had got a notification that at another location in Uptown, they had a confirmed employee with the coronavirus let me tell y'all my boss lives in Arizona and I texted her and said I will not be coming in the office for the rest of this week um until you guys get this together it just hit too close to home for me it's too close too close it's not my building but it is my city and I'm just not with it so um she respected and let me work from home which was a blessing um we already had the accessibility to do so so we did it and we took advantage of that Um, But little did I know, making that decision for myself, I didn't know that we would spend almost two months from now in stay-at-home order in North Carolina where we are forced to be at home. I didn't envision this to happen, um, to be stayed up in the house, cooped up. I am an adventurous individual. I like to be outside. I like to be with my friends. I like to do stuff. Um, so the vision of beginning of 2020, three months deep was not to be in home all the time. Um, but that's not our vision for our lives and not always what God plans it to be. I'm pretty sure most of us through this winter season didn't plan to be at home, didn't plan to not have jobs, didn't plan to be waiting on a stimulus check to figure out how we're going to pay our rent and pay our bills and not be able to be in relationship with our friends or family or to know that our friends and family and loved ones might be on the front line and considered 
an essential worker. Um, jokingly, when we first started, my husband, where he was working, he was an essential worker, aka the special ones, um, to go to work. But it really was people that are risking their lives every day to um, serve our communities. So um, I'm grateful for all to essential workers that are out here um, putting their lives at risk so that we can continue our normalcy of grocery shopping and being able to go to the doctors and um, the police department still protecting our cities and our communities and just doing what they are called to do in whatever area of occupation that they're able to do um, to operate in, um, the firefighters still being on call on duty, um, the pharmacy workers, the CVSs and Walgreens and Walmarts and Targets. Thank God for Target, y'all. Target got it all and they do it well. Um, and I just appreciate them also instilling these guidelines for social distancing, you know, six feet or more, you guys, let's try 10 feet. Okay. Um, but in the Rona season, it's nothing that any of us envision. Um, and we've all had to adapt in some way to that vision. And um, that led me on this tangent of what a vision is. I was listening to Mike Todd's message, Bandwagon Believers, which is something you guys should totally check out. He was going through a series called Who's the Minister Here? Um, and he was talking about how being a minister of your faith is not always done behind the pulpit. It can be done anywhere. And through this corona season, God has been speaking to me on a dream that I've had for a very long time of being able to build a community where people can just be real and authentic about where they are in their walk with Christ. I cherish individualities with your walk with Christ. It is nothing that anybody can tell you is wrong. Nobody can tell you to progress at it at a faster rate, at a slower rate, um, to serve at a specific time period in your walk, to pray prophetically in a spirit, um, per perfect time in your walk, um, to stop cursing in a perfect time in your walk. It is a progressive change that happens when you want it to, when you challenge yourself to dive deeper, when you challenge yourself to read more, when you challenge yourself to be intentionally pray when you're called to do it or when you're led to do it, when you intentionally choose to have faith in God. And the biggest takeaway from my cause message is the difference between a bandwagon believer and a devoted disciple. Bandwagon believers are cool with convenience, y'all. They're like, okay, you know, God said, to love everybody, but he also called you to love others as you love yourself. And that's a tough pill to swallow. So instead we just be like, yeah, I love you, man, but I'm going to talk behind your back. I'm going to be petty that you don't want that for yourself. So why would you express that to somebody else? But the convenience of it is just staying surface level of love everyone, but not taking the next step further of love everyone as you love yourself is the level of convenience that bandwagon believers are in. And I'm not saying that if you haven't made it to that point where you stop being petty, because Lord knows I'm still not done being petty, but I'm working on it because as a devoted disciple, you are committed over your convenience. That means that 
your present preference submits to your predetermined decision. You might have seen them dishes not be done after you didn't clean the kitchen three or four times this week and somebody left a dirty dish again in the in the sink. Instead of submitting your present preference, which is to be petty in that moment, you submit to a predetermined decision of giving grace, extending grace and mercy. Maybe they were on the run. You know, maybe they were in between a meeting and um, taking a dog for a walk and they just didn't have time to actually clean that dish. But your presence preference was to be petty and to be angry about it instead of showing the grace and mercy that God shows you every day that you fall short of his glory. Every day we do that. But God continues to wake us up every morning. He continues to have food on the table. He continues to provide good health for you. He continues to have a roof over your head. Being a devoted disciple, you submit your present preferences to your predetermined decision. You predetermine to choose God's ways over your ways every time. And in this devoted, this bandwagon believers um, sermon, when he was talking about devo- devoted disciples, he touched on one of the characteristics being vision and seeing what God has in store for you. Um, he he quoted a verse of Hubeka chapter 2-2, two, two, which is, a, to me, a very popular verse that I've heard a lot of people talk about. Um, I personally never really read up on what it means and ha- the context surrounding it. So, first of all, Hubeka, who's ever heard of the book Hubeka? Not I, not until I fell into the spiraling tangent of a vision because like I said, God's been speaking to me to create this podcast for a while in some type of form or fashion. Um, I've always loved to reach people in relationships that I create. However, I've always tried to do in the context of a church and not to say that the context of a church is bad, but, um, that is, that was an escape goat to being able to take responsibility on how I can impact people. Um, that's the backseat version of conforming to the world's vision. My friend Lexi broke it down for me, guys, and it took touched my soul in a deep way when she was talking about how God calls us not to conform to the patterns of this world. Everybody thinks that's like, you know, oh, don't listen to secular music and don't have sex before marriage and don't go clubbing and, you know... Anything that goes against the Bible um, and you doing so or being a part of it is conforming to to the world. However, anytime you are, as she broke it down and I've received it, because let me tell you, I wouldn't be telling you this if I didn't think it was impactful. She said that anything that's outside of what God's will is for your life and you conforming it into something else, that is conforming to the things of this world. I was a part of youth ministries. I was a part of Bible studies because it was easy. It was convenient to be able to conform to the vision of a church. The church, no shape, but they have their own mission. They have their own way of reaching people. They have their own um, way, rules and regulations on how they want to govern that. Same thing with a Bible study. They create the topic of discussion. You add your two cents to that discussion, which is cool, which is great. I'm not shading it. That's fine. But from my vision, 
and what my purpose was for my life, those were not the way God would want me to be used, to use my anointing of relationships with people. He wanted me to create this podcast so I can do it unscripted, progressively, not perfected, perfected, and just be able to be real and authentic and transparent with you guys because I have struggles too. I probably have said um like 20 times already in this podcast, but that's the real me. I'm still a work in progress and I want that to be evident and visible through this podcast, but it I want you to also see my heart. I want you to see that I, I, I'm learning and I want to create this discussion with you guys because I feel like you're learning too. And iron sharpens iron, you guys. We got to start having these discussions so that we can continue to build the kingdom of God. That's what we've called to do. Um, and he's not telling us to do it per- perfect. We don't have to be preachers and pastors um, out here in the street in order to reach people. That's the premises of Mike Todd's message of um, who's the minister here. That sermon series, if you haven't heard it, shameless plug, please listen to it. It is life-changing. It called me out of being a a believer that wasn't devoted to what he's called me to do, but living in convenience of what I thought I was able to do. So back to the scripture, uh, Hubeka 2.2, it says, write down the revelation and make it plain on tab. People have heard that in um, pastors being preached about write it down, make it plain. Yeah, I mean, good practice, right? I mean, I feel like if we don't write it down, we won't remember it. I'm not a handwriting person. My handwriting is terrible. Um, so to me, making it, writing it down never makes sense. But I chose in that moment, God spoke to me to write down this vision of this podcast and make it plain for myself. Make it plain that I will be reaching you guys through this podcast, whether it's one person, a hundred people, whatever it may be, whatever God's plan is for this podcast. I made it plain that that was happening, but my vision was a positive vision, but in the scripture, it's not a positive vision. He's asking Hebekah to write down. Um, so I decided to investigate the message just a little bit more. So I read, um, chapter one and I read a little bit after, um, verse two, chapter two. Um, so Hebeka is a prophet that is seeing a vision of destruction. Um, the Babylonian army is going to come and attack the people of Judah and the people of Judah is God's people. And, Hubeka, a lot of people in scripture, a lot of ministers or pastors, or even the scripture itself, says there was only two complaints that he made before he had this change of heart in chapter two. And I'll explain the change in heart. And it's evident, but not evident. It was evident to me. You tell me if it was evident to you when you read the scriptures too. But um, in chapter one, verse two, to me, that this is the first complaint I've heard. He said, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? I feel like sometimes when we are in the mix of trials and tribulations and frustration, we want to know how long we're going to be stick in it. Like coronavirus, how long I'm going to be cooped up in this house? I've asked that question several times. Like we choose to see our surroundings as um, a prison sentence or entrapping us into our limitation 
of what we can do in this. We feel limited so we complain about our limitations instead of digging deeper and finding where we can grow. Um, Hubeka isn't even living through this time. We are living through coronavirus and we're asking the questions of how long. Hubeka is prophesying, prediction, having being told a prediction of the future. He has no idea what the outcome will be. We know eventually we're going to be out of this coronavirus. We just don't know when. We just don't know what that's going to look like. We have no idea how all that's going to unfold. And he's his first complaint is, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear me? A lot of us believe that when we're in situations that are frustrating, we don't know if God can hear us. Step one, you guys, God is all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He is a part of everything in your life from the day you wake up to the time you go to sleep to when you're in the grocery store to when you lost your job to when you're waiting for that stimulus check to when your kids are home now and you have to homeschool them. You have no idea. He is there. He can hear you. But also, did you choose to pray to him first? Are you complaining in your situation before you have actually challenged yourself to lay your burdens at his feet, to see what he can do in these situations? Like Hubeka is. Hubeka saw a prophecy and he's immediately questioning God about it. In in a way, it's a catch-22 of of how we respond to frustration and situations. Do we complain about it to other people or do we bring it to God? I'm not going to lie to you. I have a lot of people that I complain about my problems to before I bring it to God. But in this coronavirus, how many people can you go to before you sit down and pray about it? You don't have people at work anymore to gossip with. You don't have those long car rides in the car anymore to be able to call your mom and talk about your spouse. You don't have those moments anymore, but you have more time in our day now through this coronavirus to pray in the shower, at our desk, on your couch, on your front porch, in your hammock. We have more time to seek God for understanding of this situation and many situations than any time in our lives, you guys. So let's take that time to leave these burdens at our throne like who Becca did when he first got this prophecy. Rebecca's second complaint is, why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? Rebecca in this verse is um, asking God, why are you using a sinful desire to conquer Judah and exile God's people out of the promised land? Judah is the promised land for God's people at this time, and he is using the Babylonian army to conquer God's people. Why are you letting this happen and doing nothing about it? And I think it's crazy because of God's response to his complaint about why are you allowing this to happen. God says in verse 5, For I'm doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. So God basically said, yo, it's cool. I got this. This is something that is going to go beyond your expectations, beyond your wildest dreams, beyond what you think your limitations are in this moment. I believe that God is calling a lot of us to be expectant of great things of what he's going to do out of this coronavirus. 
um, that we are going to learn, that we are going to transform our hearts. We are going to transform our minds. We are going to learn to come to God in all situations because we got nothing else now. You guys, God is stripping us from a lot of our basic needs that typically are met through self. We think that we get the got the job and we got the paychecks and we got the house and we got the car. But God's stripping you of the resource that you think you created. You think that you your business was flourishing because you put in the effort, because you worked hard, because you got the clients, because you got the grades of what you're doing and what you fulfilled in a terrible situation that like Hobeka is prophesying, destruction, loss, pain, grieving. That's what we're experiencing here in the COVID-19 And God responds with a positive that he is going to do a work in your days that you would not believe. You will not believe what our new normal is going to look like after this. You are not going to believe how much more you will worship God on simple things. You will not believe how easy it is for you to pray. You will not believe how easy it is for God to continue to provide for you through seasons of your life that you thought he couldn't or that you couldn't. Habakkuk's third complaint is stated in verse 12. It says, are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? I think that Habakkuk's confusion resonates with us because in verse 5, God says, I'm going to do a work in your days that you would not believe if told. That's confusing. You're telling me that Judah people's, God's chosen people, are going to be attacked by a Babylonian army, and that's a good thing. Um, And he's living in a prophecy that he hasn't even seen come to pass yet. So he's concerned just like we are concerned. God doesn't see it that way. God's never going to give you the full vision of why he's doing what he's doing in your life. He's always going to give you pieces of it because he wants you to lean on him for that understanding. He wants wants you to come to him with your desires and your pain and your hurts and your grieving so he can trade it in for the joy and peace and love and understanding and mercy and grace you can give to other people he wants you to come to him with all your worries and doubts and fears and it's a pivotal shift from Hubeka being a complainer to Hubeka being Hubeka could have continued to complain he could have complained and just said this ain't going to happen. I'm not going to let this happen. I am going to do all I can to change this by my own will and strength. And that's just like most of us out here in coronavirus and any other trial and test of our life. We want to change it for ourselves. We want to make that dedication. I'm not going to lie to y'all. If I see something broken in my house, I try to fix it. If I see my friends hurting, I try and fix it. When I see um, people struggling that I care about, I try and fix it. When I lose my job, which I have been laid off before, I try and fix it. I try to fix it on my own will and my own strength before you even seek counsel of God. And I ain't gonna lie to you, I do the same thing. But Hubeka in in chapter two, verse one, he goes from someone that's complaining, but his also seeking God, which is a pivotal shift because he is bringing these burdens to his throne. Even though these are seen as complaints, 
he are he's not complaining to his friends, his spouse, his mother, his father, his best friend, the co-worker that he works with, the grocery store lady. He's not running and telling his business. He ain't even telling the people of Judah which is going to be affected by this. It hasn't even happened for them, and he is concerned about something else that's happening to someone else, but not himself. But he knows he's not in control of it. Chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. He's saying that he is going to sink deep into whatever God responds to his response. Um, responds to his complaints with he knows that God will answer him when he prays to God with his complaints which he's doing he knows that God will respond at some time he didn't say when he's not saying on May 8th 2020 I will wait for God to respond to the state of North Carolina and their state in whole order he's not giving God an ultimatum of when it's going to happen he's just saying I will wait He's saying he's still he is still waiting for God to answer him. And some and sometimes that's not at the time we think. We don't know when this coronavirus is gonna end. We don't know when God is gonna speak to us. This vision that Hebecca had was a negative vision. The vision that we're nobody had the vision for Corona 19 to affect me, you, or our families the way that it's happening. But God's response in verse 2-4 is that the righteous shall live by his faith. We, in this time of coronavirus, have a choice to live by faith. Things that are not seen. We're currently living in fear of something that is unseen. The virus we can't see, we can't touch, we can't feel. And we are all scared and act and being reactive to it. We're pulling out 401ks. We are shutting down school systems. We are staying at home. We are losing jobs. We are probably fighting more with our kids, but we're learning. I think out of this, we should learn to live by faith and not by sight. It seems like this is the end. It seems like there's nothing we can do. But God is giving us this vision so that we can learn to have faith. Because even in the mix of Hebekah seeing this prophecy, God responds that the righteous shall live by faith. He is going to do a work in your days that would not that you would not believe if told. You would not believe that I that I would be able to be sitting here talking to you if I didn't have the faith God placed in me to do it. I'm the most unqualified person, but God qualified me to do it because I have faith in this word and this text that God continues to bring for me to to reveal things to me to speak to you about. Um, not blind faith, but deep rooted trust in God unfolds things, even the difficult and inexplainable, according to his wise and compassionate purpose. He has a purpose for your life. He has things he wants to show you and things he wants to do through you through this coronavirus while you're at home. Please don't waste this time reading, um, watching Netflix and 
the Marvel series. I'm not going to lie. I spent a lot of my time in it, but I also spent some time in the work. And I know that you have at least 30 minutes to spare, man. It don't even take that long. It's just enough for him to pierce your heart and for him to change your perspective on some part or aspect of your life. I know we're all a work in progress. I know we all have a lot going on right now. There's a lot of things that we're trying to problem solve for ourselves, but allow the vision of God's of us being able to be the righteous people to live by faith. Let our walk in Christ continue to grow through this coronavirus so that we're able to come out this stronger, more filled, and our perspectives change. Let us live by faith and not by fear of visions that God has not truly unfolded for us. It might look bleak now, but God's going to use this to strengthen you. You're going to look back in this on 2020, 2023 and be like, man, God, thank you for using this time where I didn't have anything but you. Man, thank you, God, for taking me away from that hostile work environment and blessing me with a new opportunity at the end of this. Lord, thank you for blessing me with the time that I can spend with my kids that I couldn't have spent any other way. Lord, God, thank you for allowing me to challenge me in those tough subjects of teaching my kid math that I didn't understand before. Thank you for allowing us to experience that together. Thank you for allowing me to pray with my husband more because we have more time to do it. Thank you, God. It's been able to just allow me to appreciate my husband more and what it looks like to show more mercy and grace to him. Um, I just, I want to know what you've been doing through coronavirus, through this vision of destruction that we see for the world to come. People say that our economy is going to fail. People say that we're going to go through another depression at the other end of this. Um, People are saying a lot of people will go into debt from this. That's the negative vision that we have. But Hubaka also got a negative vision. And God has called him before it even came to fruition that The righteous shall live by his faith. Can we be those righteous people? I'm not saying perfect people because nobody's perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. But we can continue to strive to progress to be those righteous people, to live by his faith, the things that aren't seen. Um, So I pray that you guys received this, you enjoyed it. Um, I look forward to being able to speak with you guys again soon. And I'll catch up with you on the Instagram page because I love to hear your feedback what you thought about the episode um and uh don't let rona hold you back go out and do some cool stuff um experience that social distancing um you know video chat some people that you haven't seen um but see this as a challenge to 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 stray away or tone back the amount of time you use on social media and technology and um, do something that's going to build you up in your walk with faith. Your walk with faith is a is a progression of getting better but not becoming perfect. And um, nobody says you have to spend each day in the Word, but it's, it's nice to try. I can tell you I don't spend it every day. I do strive for it. And if I don't, I know that it's not a loss and it shouldn't be a loss to you either. Um, I'm not saying you have to read a whole book on Christianity over the coronavirus, but just figure out a way in your own walk on how you can develop your relationship with God. Because your relationship with God is like a relationship you have with anybody else in this world. It takes two to continue to grow. 
It takes you reaching out to your spouse and telling them how much you love them or your friends, how much you care about them, for them to know and for you guys to continue to grow. God needs that too. Even though he is not a physical person, your prayers and your worships are seen. God is always in the room. How would you respond to this coronavirus knowing he's in the room? Let's choose to worship and pray and love on God for all that he has done and still doing and going to to do through this tragedy. Um, I love you guys. I look forward to hearing from you guys soon. See you later.